morning, everybody. How's it going? Hope you're doing well this morning. We are nearing the very end of the first part of the Pilgrim's Progress. Uh, yesterday, uh, we, as with as much detail as I remember and can remember throughout my entire life, saw the picture of heaven and, and the life that is to come ex explained with as much scriptural detail as possible. There's so much that God speaks about heaven in, in the scriptures, yet we're told that we cannot, it's not even entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for us. But we do know everything that has been pointed out up until this point, the the fact that there's rejoicing and that our friends and loved ones will be there and that just just the views and the people and 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 it's just a, a great reminder of what that day will be you know at the beginning of the uh journey for pilgrim as he had just lost his burden um one of the, he meets this family and one of them asks one of the daughters asks him about how he finds on how he finds a relief from the thoughts and and the life that he used to live because he says it it burdens him really uh, uh, burdens him badly and he says well you know there's a few things that give me peace of mind and one of those things that gave him peace of mind was thinking about the place that he was going one day he also said think meditating on God's word and meditating on the cross but meditating on where he was going one day was that one of those main things that gave him peace and of course that's in alignment with what the scriptures say and blessed are being there's a blessing for those who, who look for that day and look forward to the time that we get to spend with Christ so uh, with that said of Moving into the, uh, moving along with this narrative, it, the author is, when he says, I saw in my dream, it's not necessarily had a dream, but that's how he explains it in the book. He says, I saw in my dream that the shining men bid them call at the gate, the, which when they did, some above looked over the gate to it, Enoch, Moses, and Elijah, etc., to whom it was said, these pilgrims are come from the city of destruction, for, lo for the love that they bear to the king of this place. And then the pilgrims gave in unto them each man his certificate, which they had received in the beginning. Those, therefore, were carried in to the king, who, when he had read them, said, Where are these men? To whom it was answered, They are standing without the gate. The king then commanded to open the gate, that the righteous nation, said he, that keepeth the truth, may enter in. Now that's a reference to scripture. Let me see if I can find that reference quickly in this other edition of the Pilgrim's Progress. That's Isaiah 26.2. That's a reference to Isaiah 26.2, that the righteous nation that keepeth the truth may enter in. Now I saw in my dream that these two men went in at the gate, and lo, as they entered, they were transfigured, and they had raiment put on that shone like gold. There were, also, there were also that met with them harps and crowns and gave them to them. And the 
harps to praise withal, and the crowns and token of honor. Then I heard in my dream that all the bells in the city rang again for joy, that it was said unto them, Enter ye into the joy of our Lord. I also heard the men themselves sing with a loud voice saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Now just as the gates were open to let in the men, I looked in after them, and behold, the city shone like the sun. The streets also were paved with gold, and in them walked many men with crowns on their heads, palms in their hands, and golden harps to sing withal, to sing praises withal. There were also of them that had wings, and they answered one another without intermission, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And after that they shut up the gates, which when I had seen, I wished myself among them. Now, while I was gazing upon all these things, I turned my head to look back and saw ignorance come up to the riverside. So ignorance is this man that has been on the straight and narrow way his entire life. Uh, he's kind of had, It's it's, he's been this man that, has been showing up in the life of Christian um, all throughout his journey. And Christian points out to him some of the things that, well, he's ignorant on. But it's, it's important to notice here that ignorant has made it all the way to the very end. Uh, he's been on this pilgrimage, yet, as the author reminds us so often, just because you're on pilgrimage doesn't mean that you are who you need to be and that you are ready for Judgment Day. Uh, God doesn't come seeking for a pilgrimage or profession. He comes seeking fruit. He says, Now while I was gazing upon all these things, I turned my head to look back and saw ignorance come up to the riverside. But he soon got over, and that without half the difficulty which was the other two men met with. So he crosses this river of death, almost without difficulty. Interesting. For it happened that it was there, for it happened that there was in that place one vain hope, a ferryman that was with his boat helped him over, that with his boat helped him over. So as so he as the others I saw did ascend the hill to come up to the gate. Only he did he came alone, neither did any meet him with the least encouragement. Mm. We have a note here on this ferryman that helped him cross this this difficult river of death. This ferryman named Vain Hope. He says, Vain Hope ever dwells in the bosom of fools and is ever ready to assist ignorance. He wanted him at the last, and he found him. He had been his companion through life and will not forsake him in the hour of death. You see, ignorance had no bands in his death, no fears, no sorrows, no terror from the enemy. All was serene and happy. Vain hope was his ferryman, and he, as the good folks say, died like a lamb. Ah, but could such lambs see what was to follow? When vain hope had walked over the river, they would roar like lions. When he was come up to the gate, he looked up to the writing that was above and then began to knock, supposing that entrance should have been quickly administered to him. 
But he asked by but he was asked by the men that looked over the top of the gate, Whence come you and what would you have? And he answered, I have eat and drunk in the presence of the king, and he is taught on our streets. Then they asked him for a certificate that he might go in and show it to the king. So he fumbled in his bosom for one and found none. Then said they, Have you none? But the man answered never a word. So they told the king, but he would not come down to see him, but commanded the two shining ones that conducted Christian and Hopeful to the city to go out and take ignorance and bind him hand and foot and have him away. Then they took him and carried him through the air to the door I saw on the side of the hill and put him in there. Then I saw that there was a way to hell, even from the gate of heaven, as well as from the city of destruction. So I behold, so I woke, and behold, it was a dream. Mm. Wow. What a... What a... Uh, Serious, serious thing to consider. This man never really, this man of ignorance never really worried. He never was concerned about getting in. He had vain hope and that was enough for him. Anytime he struggled, he could always count on that vain hope of his to carry him through. Even in death, he faced death with full confidence, without terror, without any type of battle. Serene and happy. Yet, as he expects to come in to the gate, he finds that he doesn't have a certificate that was given to him when he places faith in Christ as it was given to to Christian. We have a conclusion here, and it's just a quick one. From the author, he says, Now, reader, I have told my dream to thee. See if thou canst interpret it to me, or to thyself, or neighbor. But take heed of misinterpreting, for that, instead of doing good, will but thyself abuse. By misinterpreting, evil ensues. Take heed also that thou be not extreme, and plain with outside of my dream. Let, n- nor let my figure or similitude put thee into a laughter or a feud. Leave this for boys or fools, but as for thee, do thou the substance of my matter see. Put by the curtains, look within the veil, turn up my metaphors, and do not fail. There, if thou seekest them, such things shalt thou find as wilt be helpful to an honest mind. What of my dross thou findest there, be bold to throw it away, but yet preserve the gold. What if my gold be wrapped up in ore? None throws away the apple for the core. But if thou shalt cast away all as vain, I know not but twill make me dream again. Mm. Wow. What an incredible, incredible story. Allegory, as he says, similitude. And I love how he says it. Look, if you notice dross in, in my story if you notice things that don't shouldn't really be here can you be bold enough to throw it away but preserve what is true here and you know i just on a personal note there's been this type there's been a a level of realization i guess 
just because I've experienced it so many times here recently that God uses all types of things to speak to us. I mean, from stories like books and writings like this to different sermons from various people of of from all different walks of life, different scenarios. And for the longest time, and even to this day, I struggle with dismissing the the message because of the way it came. You know, it didn't come the way that it was supposed to come. It didn't, you know, I I didn't learn this uh, from a person that was approved, you know, or a book or whatever the case might be. And there was this serious truth that God had intended for me to change me and to help me, but because of how it came or when it came, I was like, you know, that's that's not the right way. That's not the way God would speak to me. Or that you know, this is these all all these things have to be doctrinally right, uh, traditionally whatever the case might be. You know, this is these things have to be done a certain way. You know, you have to teach truth in a certain way. And I've learned over and over again, like I said, especially most recently, that if God wants to use a donkey to tell you the truth, He will. Uh, if he wants to use <laughs> a heathen to preach the truth to you, he will. If God wants to uh, use something that has no spiritual, immediate spiritual relation, like oh, that's not spiritual, but God's using it. God can use it to to teach uh, to teach us. And I would just ask that maybe you consider the same that maybe a book like this. Is something that you say, no, that's that's not, you know, that's I don't I don't need that. I have the Bible. I have enough preaching. I don't need these things. Well, just to consider that, uh, and again, just from my own experience, that there's just so much God would have us to learn if we would just put aside our own prejudice and biases against the way He would like to bring that truth to us, and truth, truth is a you know the the truth is Christ. And all truth points to him. And and for that people talk about truth in a way that, you know, is personified like, you know, truth stands up for itself. You don't have to defend the truth. And, you know, again, if you just think of truth and Christ as being one and the same, you know, Christ is the person of truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said then know that 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 the truth being Christ is is not limited by anything that there's his ways are higher than our ways and and when we think that the truth might come a certain way to us just know that many times it doesn't it doesn't come the way we think it would come the truth god comes to us in many different ways and he meets us where we're at and he desires to have us, and he wants us, but we have to be willing to drop our pride and and allow him to to work and just yield and and submit. Let him work in us and continue to work in us. And as he, the moment he begins to work, and the moment something begins to happen, we would take it in as much as possible, and then the moment it stops, beg for it to begin again. Ask Him to continue to work. 
this is the only way that we know he exists. Uh, we, we can say, oh, you know, the Bible proves, you know, the Bible wouldn't exist. And the, the, honestly and, and truthfully, at the end of the day, it, when it's all said and done, if, if you don't know and have experience and have proof in your heart of his existence, then uh, it really doesn't matter how much you can prove him outside uh, of your own life and out of your own soul. You have to be able to prove do uh, you need to be able to prove you, the, your belief and your doctrine by uh, your, your heart? And, and really not to anybody else. I mean, it's just for yourself. You're examining yourself. You don't have to prove to me. You don't have to prove to anybody else. You have to battle with this deceitful heart that tells you one thing, yet the scriptures tell you another, and your heart keeps wanting you to be confident in what you know. But the closer you get to Christ, the less confident you are in yourself and the more confidence you place in Him. And so, uh, this book here, is this is not the end. So, if you can see here, this is the uh, this is the first part. This is what I've gone through in the last 70, I guess now 76 episodes. And there's a portion of this, this second portion, the second portion of the Pilgrim's Progress, part two is something that I've actually never read. So while I have, I had read part one of the Pilgrim's Progress before, never in this type of format and intentionality and, and going through the scriptures and reading these notes before, but now going into it, the second portion, uh, I'm thinking, I'm not sure, I've, I've I'm not sure if I'm going to do the the second portion live. I'm thinking of recording these and uploading them, but I do know being able to just record this stuff live and the moment I hit stop, it's it's up and uh, there forever. So that's a a big part of why I do it currently. Anyways, uh, on that note, I probably won't start this tomorrow, um, but the episodes will continue again. Whether or not they will be live, I'm still debating. But I wanted to say uh, thank you so much for joining me along the way. That is the end of The Pilgrim's Progress, Part 1. And I hope it was a blessing to you. Uh, please don't uh, find your comfort in the teachings of The Pilgrim's Progress of Bunyan. Find your comfort and peace in Christ alone. If you haven't found it yet, continue seeking. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We must believe that. Well, folks, on that note, we'll see you later. God bless.